0: The Ringer Dave Hill takes you on a journey into the underground lives and careers of six professional gamblers. This eight-part podcast is a unique look into the gambling world that you don't want to miss. Check out Gamblers on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Today, we have an update on Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez that we will return to, formerly and formally known as J-Rod. We are going to discuss (laughs) what's going on with Chrissy Teigen and the wide world of celebrity products. But we really want to start today with discussing she who seems to be everywhere for reasons good and bad at the moment, Miss Addison Rae, previously of TikTok, and now sort of everywhere. Manda, what's your
2: um, what's
0: your Addison Ray media consumption like?
2: Certainly escalated in the past week, right? Because there are two alternate titles for this segment. One could be like Addison Ray makes the transition from TikTok fame to mainstream fame, even though she already has mainstream fame because she has, I believe, seventy-eight million followers on TikTok. Um, Correct, as that per the uh, New York Times Magazine profile of her, which ran last week. Um, the the second title could be like. 230 somethings discuss Addison Ray because it's finally time, because she's like transcended from a specific, though very, very uh large platform level of fame to like all the different avenues of fame. She's trying everything. She was on Jimmy Fallon, which is a segment we will talk about because it has gained some notoriety. She was, as I mentioned, in the New York Times magazine, primarily because she is like quote launching a beauty line though. Again, we can talk about some of the details of that. She was on Jimmy Fallon because she was promoting a new single called obsessed. So she's doing music. She's doing beauty. She's doing like mainstream media. She is like out there in the world a bit, which is, is when I personally log on, I won't speak for you, but that's when I start to pay attention (laughs) about one year ago at the beginning of the pandemic, I
0: downloaded TikTok. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, like, following many people because I was new to TikTok. And Addison Ray is just, like, force-fed to you because she's so popular, and that's how the algorithm works. Um, So, like, I probably learned about her a year ago, and I think that was, like, obviously quite late by the standards of the TikTok generation. But I don't think, like, was that far into her fame. I think it was, like, a year into her fame, essentially. Um, And then a crucial part of her evolution as a public figure was her friendship with courtney kardashian which was promoted by courtney kardashian social in particular um i presume that's going to be on the tv show i don't i don't that the show being keeping up with the kardashians and then um demois over the summer or fall whatever time is flat circle um started having like some tiktok updates and i she kind of like hits the the jackpot or the bingo of celebrities now where she also had a relationship that people question whether it's real or not. She dated Bryce Hall, fellow TikToker and fake or or PR relationship. Who's to say? Um, and they also like called the paparazzi themselves, it seems several times in Los Angeles over the last few months when they've allowed, been able to like go places or whatever. So she's really like run the gamut of celebrity in the last year, um, which brings us to... This the events of the last week. And should we start with the New York Times article and her beauty line? Yeah.
2: Or should we start with Fallon? Sure. Let's start with Jimmy let's, Fallon. I mean, let's start with Fallon. Just, I think it's become a, a talking point on the internet. And the, the reason is pretty simple. So the segment was Addison Ray demonstrating various TikTok dances in like three minutes. And so Jimmy Fallon is standing there holding a... Signs, kind of like the Love Actually guy, but it just has the names of the various dances, <laughs> and uh, the roots are playing like a live kind of background, and then Addison Ray just kind of stands there doing these dances. And I would say the segment didn't work on several levels. Several, several. One of them, which is a problem specific both to the segment and a larger problem with TikTok, is that no one was creating the largely Black creators of these dances. And the dances themselves are TikTok IP. And so, you know, this happens a lot on TikTok where, um, because of the algorithm and because of how things get shared, like, pretty widely, one person will create something and then it gets detached from their ownership very quickly. And someone who has more followers or who is just more tapped into the TikTok algorithm gets credit and fame and the spoils of someone else's creation. And TikTok has not really figured out how to solve that. But this segment did not figure out how to solve that either. Right. And a, a lot of people um, have since pointed out, you know, this is a, a long line
0: of pop culture being appropriated of white people for creation, IP of Black people. Um, as many pointed out, this is very similar to the plot of Bring It On, including yes. the fact that Addison <laughs> Ray is... I would say objectively worse at many of the dances she was doing than the creators similar to bring it on. And then I also saw a really good, um, TikTok shared by, uh, Michael Harriet who writes for the root. And he also has been on Bakari's pod where it's like a, a young, a young black band with the, with, the um, original dances playing behind him, like in that TikTok style, and then it goes into Addison Ray, with the soundtrack being from Dream Girls, the the Cadillac song, where it starts out with the with the Dream singing it, and then it goes to like the white group that like stole it singing it. And you know, the cultural appropriation is so blatant and part of a long history of, of this happening. And, you know, m- many people noted it immediately, including um probably one of the more high-profile being Sonny Hostin, who tweeted that it was a miss. And, you know, it's, it's, um, cultural appropriation and
2: also lazy, like also what a bad segment. Exactly. In addition to all of the questions of cultural appropriation and theft and, and ownership, it is just tough to watch. And as you kind of alluded to in the bring it on comparison, um, she, Addison Ray is not really even selling the dances that she did not create in the same way that, uh, the Toros I've, I've. Was not sure if I was gonna be able to remember the name of Kirsten Dunn's fake cheerleading group, but there it is. Bring it on. I enjoy that movie. Um, it's I mean, it's just kind of a joyless segment to watch. Also, really long. It's like three minutes long. It's super awkward. It's also just kind of
0: like pervy. It's just like Jimmy Fallon standing in the back as like Addison Ray in like this midriff bearing shirt, just sort of like, you know, doing these dances that like on TikTok, like there's there's undeniably like a sexual undertone or overtone even to them. And I'm not saying like the Jimmy Fallon is a pervert by any means, but like, it
2: just was like, I found it uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I I just was like, this is awkward. I was, I have been trying to separate to what extent I'm an old person being like, I don't get this form of culture. And to what extent this was just uninspiring and that there was a lack of presence and imagination and just, um, artistry, I guess. Like, I mean, I, because I do believe that there is an artistry into certainly dance, but also oh, just definitely. like performance and like quote being good on a talk show. And I, 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 I try to be skeptical of myself because like, I, you know, I do look at TikTok sometimes at the end of this, by the way, I I didn't tell you we were going to do this. I'd love to tell you about my first true TikTok passion, which oh. has nothing to do with Addison Ray. Wonderful. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about it. Yes. But I, like I'm not a power TikTok user, <laughs> you know. I'm like I'm I'm old. Like I'm I'm ready to talk about something when it's featured in the New York Times magazine. Just put me on the glacier now. That said, I don't think that this was a compelling segment. I I don't think that they figured out how to translate what makes Addison Rae popular on TikTok, whether or not you or I or anyone else thinks that has like value, like into a different platform or medium. And that's kind of the challenge because she is trying to move past TikTok.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And there's something so specific to TikTok style within the app. It's like uh, actually a weird m- like marriage of platform and content that is so unique and singular. It's very hard to translate that into other content. The other thing about As Ray is that I have like literally never heard her speak. And as you said, she was on the show because she's promoting a song. Mm-hmm. And so it's also like very weird for me, for her to go from being like kind of like a silent movie star to literally literally being silent to like someone who's singing. It's kind of like The Little Mermaid. It's almost like she's gone from not talking <laughs> to talking or something. I don't know. There's just a lot of weird semiotics happening and there's it creates a lot of dissonance.
2: Right. And in a lot of ways, it's a very familiar playbook, right? Because as someone, usually a woman and very often like a young white woman gets famous for one thing. And then it's how can we parlay that fame into 40 different things? And like suddenly you have a music career, and you also have this beauty line, which is maybe a way for us to talk about the New York Times Magazine profile that I've referenced like eight times now. It's written by Vanessa Gregoriadis, who is one of the greats of celebrity journalism. Truly Um, is. And I really recommend it. That you become famous in one way, and then you're like, okay, how do I make money off of this? And usually the way that you make money off of it is diversifying the portfolio. But that diversification doesn't always fit everyone in the same way. Right. And
0: the beauty line thing is really interesting. I can't, I, I kind of like can't wrap my head around the makeup and beauty product mm-hmm. world. The fact that it's like such a huge industry it also has been for a really long time. Um And there's still like room for more celebrities to have their own, their own line. Like it, it's kind of crazy. And that, that is, I thought that the times opening graphic, it's worth just checking out um, online. If you haven't seen it already, there's a cool like overlay where it, it shows you, it kind of mimics the shopping graphics on Instagram of like how much different products cost. And by pointing to like the part of Addison Ray's face where it might've been used. And it really um is a very compelling way to highlight the kind of like commodification of young women in pop culture that is also as old as pop culture. And it's an interesting sort of like visual of of how Addison's making money, essentially.
2: The piece is as much about the beauty industry in the current moment as it is about Addison Ray. And as you said, like the beauty industry has been like a titanic financial sector for a really long time. And even famous women being attached to makeup campaigns or beauty campaigns as a way to make money is like, you know, decades old. You think about all the perfume commercials or the cover girls or, you know, we're familiar with all of this. But I think the piece is really astute about both how that arrangement works from a financial perspective in the influencer economy and also the way that beauty has become pop culture, which it wasn't really before she compares it to like gaming both in terms of the amount of money that these industries make, which is like so much, and there is still room for more. And listen, I am both a little mystified by it and also definitely participate in it all the time. And I really need a new shampoo and conditioner for my dry hair. And if anyone has any suggestions, please let me know because I've been Googling it. So I, but this idea that not just that pop culture Figures become a part of the beauty industry, but you know there are like there's now the youtube makeup t- tutorial. there are things to watch. there are different affiliations based on your particular aesthetic it's like a it's a hobby and says a lot about our aesthetics and how we spend our time, which it i mean which it always has, but I guess there's like almost a fan element to it now,
0: yeah, it seems like also with Kylie Jenner just making so much money mm-hmm. even if even if the number is quibbled about the fact that she has made so much money and a lot of it is from like the lip kits and other Kylie Jenner products. And I guess Kim Kardashian has her products too that are popular. Like it's just sort of like that's the playbook now. And and you reach a sort of level of of um it's not just like fame, but like well knownness. It's just like people know who you are that like that's like the natural way to parlay your your name recognition basically.
2: Right. And it's also sort of consolidated what you do and, and why you're famous for it. And I guess on the flip side, why a fan would buy the the product. I mean, it used to be that movie stars were kind of a very common perfume or right. like Pantene. I guess movie stars never did Pantene. They had makeup lines, but you know, and TV stars did Pantene, but you know what I mean? It was like yeah. someone who was an actor or a musician. Um, I think those were probably the two main categories, but was selling something else and was primarily known for a different skill or like in a different industry and then would attach their face to an already existing product. But now like Kylie Jenner obviously came up through that system and transition and that she was like a reality TV star, but still had the TV uh, framework supporting her. But now it's just pretty much on Instagram and it's, and what you're buying is you want to look like the pictures that you saw on Instagram. And it's like, it's, it's pretty direct, efficient in that way. The crazy thing is, I mean, it's not that different than like
0: airbrushing and photo retouching. That's been in magazines for forever, but like, I personally feel brainwashed by the way that people retouch themselves and use filters and, and like face tuning, on Instagram and it's like you you look at these pictures all day and you know, these images all day or whatever a few times a day and it like it is a distortion of like what you could potentially look like with makeup and it's a real it's really weird that like to me that still somehow this industry completely persists but I guess that's just like the aspirational nature of it and and also and also I, I don't want to take anything away from like really talented makeup artists like there are some people whose makeup is like Incredibly impressive, and and the way they're able to make like create contour on their faces like so beyond my skill set, I admire it. But I, I do think there's just something like so fucked up about that Instagram, which is notorious for, you know, fa- filters and face tuning in a way that's like totally out of touch with how you could potentially apply makeup. Is the primary place where these products are shilled. It's wild.
2: Yeah, and another interesting point that the. Vanessa Gregoriata's piece makes. It's like it, the difference between like beauty standards and having to live up to that look. And you must look like this versus the way it's sold now, which is, isn't it? A, it's empowerment that you get to look this way and you can do whatever you want with your face and here are the tools and the guidance in order to like help you a- achieve that. And on the one hand, that's actually a nice message. Um, and, and I do think when applied like healthily, Yeah, it's because I don't actually buy any of the Kylie Jenner lip kit products because like I'm a 30 year old, like boring woman who doesn't go out. It would be strange, like contextually for me to be, you know, using that look. And also my face is the face that just doesn't, I I don't know what it is about my face where that level of makeup just doesn't look good on it. I don't know whether it just like absorbs too much. I don't know. So (laughs) it's not for me. That's okay. That's okay because there are definitely other looks that are for me and that I've invested time and money in and that kind of do have their own industry. Like I'm very much of the, the glacier, no makeup, makeup, but actually it's a lot of makeup and eight skincare products that we convince you to spend a lot of money on. And to the extent that I'm doing that because I want to feel confident or I like spending that time or, you know, I don't know. I think that's fine. Yeah, I agree. But, but the line between it's for you, but also... You have to do it because everyone else is doing it. And this is the standard. And here are literally millions of images on Instagram that are super filtered in order to remind you exactly what the standard is and what you're up against. And also, by the way, you need to post your own images that look like this in order to maintain some sort of relevance. Gets shaky pretty quickly.
0: It definitely does. And and there's just a dishonesty behind all of it. Although I do agree the empowerment message is a nice one. And it's
2: just it is new. I think for sure. It's definitely still selling you something, but it's an interesting shift. I feel like Instagram has become a
0: platform used by women almost like exclusively and it's sort of like it's like it's sort of like the same version of when you're in high school and you're like I I get dressed every day for the other girls, not for mm-hmm. like the guys to notice me and it's become like a much larger ecosystem that sort of perpetuates that ethos and so not even an ethos, but like reality. I don't know. Instagram, crazy place. So uh, as as it, it's probably evident, my relationship to social media is so unhealthy that I'm just like talking it through by way of this podcast episode.
2: I feel like we do that all of the time and yeah. that's OK. It's I mean, especially in the past year, social media is Maybe not reality. It's not reality. It's not reality. Social media is not reality. I'm saying for that for myself as much as for anyone listening. But it's certainly been our primary outlet, just yeah. like by default, because, you know, we can't be out in the world as much. We can't be in touch with people. And I do also find it really useful in terms of being in touch with people who I don't see frequently. I'm not in the same city. You know, I was thinking a lot about how most of my friendships in the last year have just been by a text message, because I think that's true for everybody. Yeah. Because- definitely. We're not supposed to be together anymore, or we weren't for a long time. Hopefully that's it's getting better as, as people get vaccinated. But this episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it.
0: It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem.
1: On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will rain. It is our time. stole my village.
2: I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale
2: now. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13 question for you. Yes. Do you
0: think Addison Rae's crossover into more traditional celebrity will be successful?
2: It's such a great question. Probably, but maybe you and I won't consider it successful. Do I think that she's going to be like Madonna or Beyonce? I like, no, for a number of reasons. One, Madonna and Beyonce are like really like they're talented artists. They were creating things themselves. And I, you know, No disrespect to Addison Rae, but she is primarily a a presence and a persona as opposed to a creator of things right now. She's 20 years old, whole world and life is in front of her. Maybe she'll become a creator. But so that's a major distinction. And I do also just think the era of completely global celebrity where everyone knows who this person is, is over. It's funny you say that. I was also thinking about like Willa
0: Millie Bobby Brown. Ever happen again? I mm-hmm. think the answer to that may also be no. Where mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, and, and and I also was thinking about it because one of the dances that Addison Ray did that was created by Noah Schnapp, who plays um, the kid who in season one, what's his name, Mike?
2: Are you asking me about Stranger Things? Yeah. His, yeah. Wrong party. Okay. <laughs> call someone, phone another I like, friend.
0: I like stranger things a lot. He plays, um, the kid who's like body gets overtaken and in the upside down or whatever. Anyway, I forget his name. Will his name is will Mike is, um, is the lead kid. Anyway, I was just thinking like, will there be like a, a Goonies or a million or like a stranger things, or even like a nine or two and we like a group of young people like shoot to fame in the same way. And I, I don't know if that will happen again. It probably will, but I think it'll it'll be a while. Because even like the Hype House kids don't have the same uh, don't have, as a group don't have the same fame. But I I also asked about Aston Ray because she's going the pop star route, right?
1: Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the only
0: person who has more followers than her on TikTok is Charlie D'Amelio, and she has a famous sister, Dixie D'Amelio, and the D'Amelios have a reality show, and the kind of like the Osborns. Style coming to Hulu, I believe in 2021, and so that's like a different path of celebrity. That's I guess more like Kardashian style or whatever. And right. I'm I'm very curious to see whose celebr whose crossover into a more traditional celebrity path is more successful, Charlie D'Amelio or Addison Ray, um, and what that says about like how you how you sustain fame is like very interesting to me. I'll, I'll be watching with bated breath. <laughs> right,
2: that's a and good segue into Chrissy Teigen who's yeah. sort of doing, uh, not sort of, who went into business with Kris Kardashian uh, in order to promote a new line of cleaning products called Safely, I believe. And she did this the same week that she decided to quit Twitter, which she said was not because of trolls. It just was no longer a positive space for her. And she was not going to be a part of it anymore anymore. And listen, I think that's great for anyone who wants to step back from Twitter or anything else all the time. It's only notable because Twitter was like the platform on which she gained a lot of notice. I would say she was, quote, good at it in the sense of she managed to emerge from most Twitter phrase victorious, I would say Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) she, she had a certain knack for that. And that is a skill in its own right. And I think it was the first platform that kind of rounded out her model and wife of John Legend platform. Yes. And from there, she became, she started the cookbooks and started doing like, I guess, like the Quibi show and other things and has now like. Worked her way into being in business with the Kardashians and a product line of her own. By the way, it's not her first product line. She's also been selling her Cravings Collection cravings, yeah. cooking uh, materials along with her cookbooks. But she no longer needs the Twitter aspect of it, which I think is notable. I, she would she wouldn't quit Twitter unless she could, right? Yeah,
0: isn't it crazy? This is like all sort of like very decentralized home shopping network where like mm-hmm. there used to be just like one place where famous yeah. people went to present their wares and you could choose to buy them. Um, <laughs> on Southern Charm this past season, one of the characters, actors, cast members, he's not an actor, whatever. Craig, who makes pillows, had like a home shopping network like segment. It was a really big deal. But anyway, the mega celebs now, they've just sort of like, they turned any platform into the home shopping network. And it's really crazy. There used to be like one place for this. And it was like, actually there was two. There was like late night infomercials, which I still love and loved and the home shopping network. And now it's just like wherever you can get the Chrissy
2: Teigen signal, you can do the home shopping network basically. Right. And again, like celebrity endorsed beauty lines, like celebrity products aren't new, but where you get them and kind of who has the power in the structure has definitely changed. Cause it used to be so-and-so did like a line of something you know like the Martha Stewart branded towels that i i can't remember if it was Kmart or Walmart but i mean you I believe it that. was Kmart. Okay. That sounds right to me too. Um and celebrities would quote design things but the the power would rest with the brand right the power would rest with the the retailer they would be the distributor and you were even if you were involved in the development process and it was like quote your line I w- I'm not familiar actually with the ownership things but it was definitely still centered with the power of some larger retailer yeah, or brand. Absolutely. And I they're going indie which good for them. <laughs> but No, I mean I think that's good. <laughs> but it, it 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 is strange now where people are just famous for having this product that they sell you. Like we've cut out the thing where they're famous for anything else. I mean, it's, I guess the, the ultimate conclusion of capitalism, but, or maybe not the conclusion. I'm sure it has more in store for us. And yet it keeps on going. I
0: thought we had reached the end. of I, I, It's funny. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, this is the end of ca- of globalization, you know, a, gl- right. a global, a global illness, but
2: here we are. We're all still it's, going. Yeah. They, they moved the big boat, Juliet, and things are going to keep moving through. Oh my God. I was asking my brother about the boat and I was like, how will this affect me personally? And he was like, it won't. And then I just moved on. Okay. (laughs) So I read a lot about supply chains. And then like on Sunday night, my husband got like a New York times alert that the boat was like partially freed. And I was like, we've entered the twilight zone, but I'm, I, I'm glad that the boat is freed. Do you own any celebrity products? Like, are you invested in any of these brands?
0: The only celebrity product, I will say, every time I go to a store in the Home Goods family, so whether that's Home Goods, TJ Maxx, or Marshall's, I'm very tempted by usually they have a lot of um Rachel Ray products in the mm-hmm. kitchen aisle.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm always tempted by those. You know what? I just realized that I do own a Rachel Ray pasta pot that I bought on a vacation when we were in an Airbnb. And the kind of kitchen outfitting was not really what you would want. And so the Rachel Ray products were on sale. And we bought this bright orange pasta pot that honestly I had for like 10 years. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm always tempted by those. I think the closest is
0: I use the way hair products by Chrissy Teigen's hairstylist, Jen, who's also the uh, the Kardashians hairstylist Mm -hmm. too. Her name is Jen Aiken, right? Um, yes. And she's had a child. So congratulations. Um, I really like the way leave-in conditioner and I also like the beach wave spray. So like, I like that, but I will say I got those for free in a birch box and thank you, uh, for the birch box, birch box. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, the other ones that I've also been tempted by is another like friend, friend of celebrity, Kristen S who is Lauren Conrad's longtime hairstylist. Right, right. She has a target line of stuff that always looks really nicely packaged. I thought about
2: that, but I don't, I think that's it. I mean that is an interesting subset especially in the beauty space is the people adjacent to the celebrity people who garner their own level of fame and then are able to sell their products I true I too have the way hairspray that I believe was sent to me in a similar Birchbox thank you to Birchbox um and like it though i wouldn't say that i regularly return to it i like the bumble and bumble surf spray i have to be honest i like Emma. i like the some the bumble and bumble beach waves like bomb right. or whatever oh um, yeah
0: depending on the length of my hair i need to use those products when it's shorter i tend to use those um when it's longer not necessary right um but yeah i mean i think that's it i think the only like celebrity makeup that i would be intrigued to use honestly is um fenty Rihanna's mm-hmm. line, because the reviews are so overwhelmingly positive. But the rest of them, I'm just like, am I sure this is good? I, I don't know. Like, it's, I have to say also, I basically primarily buy my makeup at Blue Mercury, and they don't have a lot of celebrity lines there. There's also okay. so many fucking Blue Mercury locations in Manhattan. It's crazy. So it's, there's like no choice but to go to Blue Mercury. I
2: don't think I've ever ever interacted with a Blue Mercury. Oh my God, I love
0: Blue Mercury. There's one um in West Hollywood on
2: Sunset right near Sweet Greens. Okay. Oh, I go to the doctor near there. I'll check that out. Okay. But beyond makeup, like, are you wearing, are you wearing fabletics? Are you using honest? Are you, I don't even know what goop sells as goop. It's, I mean, I guess they sell clothing. That's like far too expensive. As I say, outside my price range. It's unbelievable how expensive that clothing is.
0: Um, no, I mean, I think, my, I think the vast majority of my clothes are from jcrewfactory.com mm-hmm. and Old Navy and um, like Old Well. I'm trying okay. to think of like anything nice that I've bought in the last, I guess like my shoes and bags are what's nice. My clothes usually are not. Oh, my coats.
2: Okay. But so you're not in
0: this. No, I've been most influenced by the crown. I've bought like two barber jackets in the last like 18 months. So,
2: Okay. That's just an incredible statement by you, as always, <laughs> Juliet. You're my favorite person. I'd love it when we get to a point where just something completely out of left field that you share. I, I think you deserve two barber jackets, and thanks. maybe I'll get one, too. One was one was deeply discounted. Thank yeah. you, the barber. Good so sale. I don't really think that I have any celebrity products either. As we just discussed, and I only remembered it on this podcast, I have that Rach- Rachel Ray pot. Pretty good pot. Holds up. You know, I use mega babe. Do you know about mega babe? You've talked about it on the show before, but other than that, right. Uh, and don't. I, I don't really know whether it counts because it's a company that's founded by Katie Storino, who is an influencer and it's, um, natural deodorants and they have something called thigh rescue, which is to prevent kind of thigh chafing. That's like their signature product. And they've branched out to a lot of other products. I am interested in their foot spray. I, I really like the deodorant, but I also like, I like Katie Storino. And so I do think that's a case where I am buying this stuff just a little bit because of her. I like her vibe. She she is a body positivity influencer and like author. She has a book coming out in addition to being this CEO. And it's one of those things where like, I don't know whether she was an, inf- I think she was an influencer first and then she started this company. This company has a, some success and then that kind of upped her influencer brand. You know what I mean? And so I, it's a little chicken and egg. But I do think I'm buying it as much because I like her, and then as because of the product. Also, it just smells, and nice. I so many natural deodorants are like you yeah, know re- not good, weird smells, and this just smells like roses. And I'm like, cool, that's that's the level of comfort that I'm at. I just remember two other products that I have. Also,
0: purchased. Yeah. one was from Home Goods, one from Marshall, so basically okay. the same store. Okay. They're both. Um, one was a quilt, and one and another was two oversized pillows from. The influencer line of cashmere and cupcakes. Do you know that that Instagram account? It sounds familiar, though. Early, early a insta- early influencer. Like, is it a few separate years old. from
2: Cupcake Chardonnay?
0: Yes, I think okay. so. Okay, all right. Actually, a man this quote behind me is the yellow cashmere and cupcakes. Oh, quilt. it looks
2: lovely. The queer
0: quilt blanket, whatever that I got okay. at um at uh, Home Goods and i was just like cool but i only realized like after the fact that it was like from an influencer so i guess the point is like i'm open to it at home goods otherwise it's not really happening for
2: me and also for free in a birch box so i did confess to you that i considered buying a skims strapless bra recently which is kim kardashian's i Shape guess wear. like Shapewear, but also like intimate, you know, intimates, which just sounds like my grandmother shopping. When I say that, I'm really sorry for saying intimates. I don't know. I know. It's like that's some department store flashbacks for sure. Yikes. Um, I just heard that it was good. I think it was Katie Storino who was like, yeah, this is pretty good, but I don't know why I didn't buy it. I think I chickened out a little bit because I was like, do I believe this is good? Number one, because Kim Kardashian and I just have like very different bodies and very different life goals and very different goals for our bodies also. And that's okay, but I don't know whether I believe it's good for me. And also, do I want to be buying skims? And I ultimately didn't, didn't buy the product. This is also part of a thing where I like wake up and look at my phone and I just buy a lot of things before like 8:30 AM when I'm really awake
0: one of my anxiety responses now is I'm just like, all right, Amazon, what do I need today? And like, mm-hmm. I bought sandpaper
2: mm-hmm. and like
0: a lot of light bulbs and but like literally anything. I'm just like, oh, I'll just get that really easily. And then I'm like, oh, I should go to the actual store and buy this. But yeah, I mean, I think shopping is like one of the only ways I can express myself right now. Right.
2: So, right. Great but, stuff. Yeah. but I But I haven't bought it yet. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't think we're celebrity
2: product people, but you know. It's okay if you are. I think that's. I, I think that's true. And ultimately, it's like one of the ways to follow a celebrity at this point, which yeah. is fascinating, and to support them. Yeah,
0: like I almost. I I have heard the Fenty cosmetics are really good, but I also yeah. think like people were excited to support Rihanna, and also yes, of, of course. course, I think another just a huge part of that is Fenty is one of the only makeup lines that
2: actually makes. Um, makeup that is really good for women of color so like right a range of foundations with colors that actually match and they invested time and money in that and saw a real response
0: yeah so as per usual rihanna's great um Mm
2: -hmm.
0: last note of the day Mm -hmm. j-lo and a-rod j-rod staying together Mm
2: -hmm. is it for the kids or is it for business reasons or both I can't speak to the kids. And honestly, their kids seem very sweet. And I hope those kids are well. As a, as a child of divorce and of, of various marital splits, I wish the kids the best. We can say that it's definitely at least partly for the money because they recently posted. And this is interesting. It was on A-Rod's Instagram account only. And it was the picture of the two of them being ambassadors. We're on theme today for a vitamin company, a supplement company.
0: Supplements and vitamins are the one that I will just absolutely never buy. That's a right. hard pass for me. But okay, that's like the. It's weird how unregulated vitamins are. It's just like anyone could say, "Here's a vitamin." I completely agree. It's bizarre, but I I have to say though I hate cheaters and like by all accounts, a rod is one, and and as discussed in multiple ways, right.
2: I'm glad they're staying together. There's something about it that I'm just like, I'm happy about this. <laughs> are they? Because let me listen again. It was a photo of the two of them holding the vitamins. I'm not giving out free advertising on this podcast. So it's they're both holding the vitamins. It's a selfie. And he says, Jennifer and I are very excited to announce that we've joined forces with this nutrition company. They've revolutionized the health and wellness industry with their innovative, delicious, and nutritious gummies. Okay. So, but that's it. That's the only update. Nothing on Jennifer's Instagram. She's solo. They no further statements. Are they meeting their contractual obligations before they, they split be. up officially? Like, I think that's really on the table. And on the one hand, I kind of respect it. It's because if you're gonna be in business together, like be in business together. And on the other hand, talk about the, not even the end of capitalism, but wow. Wow. What a journey we're on.
0: <laughs> I think capitalism does end with A-Rod. I, when, I, when I look into the future and I see the end of the global economy, I just see A-Rod standing somewhere with a smile. So <laughs> oh <God.
2: laughs> It's not funny, but it's funny. Oh, God. I hope they're okay. You so, know, I as always. Hope she's okay. Exactly. As always, I hope that Jennifer Lopez gets what Jennifer Lopez wants. Agreed. On that
0: note, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk about Sharon Stone's memoir. Excited. It's on sale today, I think, as Amanda told me. So you could buy it in advance. We're going to today. It's quite a read. Okay. Well, more to come next week. Thank you so much for listening.